This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. We're in the. I'm Kelly McDonald, hanging out. I'm almost sure up there. I'm so handsome. Sorry for the still look, though. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We're working on getting that moving mouth on the graphics, so that might be ready yeah. by the end of the or show. Or at least radiating audio sounds, you know, like yeah. your Flintstone sounds. It just comes out, a little ring of sound. Yeah, anything you want. It's it's really, like, the, the graphic is our oyster. Well, whatever the other people want to do with it, that is. <laughs> Kelly, it's what are we getting? that way. Uh-huh. Yeah. What are we getting into now? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Ramya, of course, always up for talking sports. And one way or another, what always goes hand in glove with sports is food. So it's time for our uh, cooking segment with Mary Mamalini of Kitchen Confession. If you're like me, the kitchen is your favorite room in the house. I'm Mary Mamaliti, here with a handful of goodies from my kitchen, including food trends, cooking tips, and, of course, some delicious recipes. Well, Mary... There may be a photograph up there of me not moving, but I know by the end of this segment, my mouth is going to be watering, so I'll be jumping out of my... Just trust me, but let's get into it. Today, Mary's brought game day food with us because the rumor is there's a big game, Mary, on Sunday with the Super Bowl days away. There is, there is, but I want to address first, I got to just... Step away from this for a second. Kelly, you, when you described yourself, you said, look how handsome. I absolutely love that. <laughs> I, I'm I love it. I'm handsome in a still way. You know, it's just, it's just a handsome look I have to keep posed just enough to get the picture in. The rest of the time on I video, well, you know, it's definitely the radio guy. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I try to do every day. I want to look at myself in the mirror. Actually, I want a mirror that tells me you're mm. so pretty. Right? You, you look what, at the, you're so pretty. Sounding a little bit. Was it Snow <laughs> yeah, White? Yeah. Was it Snow yeah. White with the Snow scary... White had it. Yeah, the stepmom. Ooh. But, but we also have those, what are the fitness mirrors? What's the company has the fitness? Oh, right. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, snap, we're the worst. I don't remember it. it. Tell you. But yes, yep. that would be good. But it shows how much I work out with the fitness mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mayor, that's awesome. But, Mayor, we're all set up. We're getting ready. The yeah. only thing that people still have time to figure out, because, you know, you don't you want the stuff fresh, what they're having for Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, are both of you going to be tuning into the Rihanna show? Of course. Oh, sorry, the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Halftime, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts but i do i do watch stay close to it every single year and if you're interested in venturing out to watch the game there are a lot of restaurants that will be hosting game day parties but there is a list that i stumbled across that i did not know until this year there was a michelin guide list of top five spots that are super bowl friendly had no idea and the reason why i'm mentioning it is because among the list of restaurants from around the world a Toronto restaurant was named yes. in the top five. Wow. Right? I know. Okay. I was so excited. So our very own Cherry Street Barbecue at 275 Cherry Street as oh. a top contender. So this place, it brings the taste of Texas to Canadians, which I absolutely love. And I've done a little digging into this uh, restaurant. And I found that they are only doing takeout pre-orders and for Super Bowl Sunday. And then there are platters. But they need to be placed by 4 p.m. today, February 9th. Oops. 
So we don't have much time, but if you are interested, you can still get in there. You have a little bit of time. But if you're staying home, right? Like I just, I want to talk about that a little Mm -hmm. bit. It's something I do every year. I love it. I stay home. I'm in my onesie. I'm, you know, there with a game, ready for halftime. And I make myself the classic, a game day classic meal, wings, fries. But I'm not going to lie. I change up dessert every year because you need a little bit of variety. Right? Do you guys do, do you have a little game day tradition? Do you enjoy Uh, the Super Bowl at all? uh, I enjoy the food around Super Bowl. Yes, 100%. And it's the... The wings and the fries and the pizza. Like, that's usually how it is for me, fast food. But I'm curious about how you do things in your house, Mary, because it might be inspirational to do something a little different or at least, you know, a twist on what you already do. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things. I don't make everything. Mm. And that's one of my shortcuts because as much as I love cooking, I don't want it to be stressful for me. So if I'm hosting someone or even for myself, I don't want to cook everything. So I do the shortcut where I purchase some and then I make some. Sure. Right. So uh, in this case, I chose, I mean, a suggestion I have is buying dinner. Right. So something like right now that's really common that's out there because heart day is around the corner, Valentine's Day, um, are chocolate covered strawberries. But Costco has this brand called True Fruit and they're frozen fresh strawberries and they're dipped in white chocolate and then dipped in milk chocolate. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love them. They're so delicious. They're $14.99 for a 454 gram bag. And the reason why I mentioned that is because right now, because of the season, you can actually pay a dozen of them double that price. So this is a good buy. And the great thing about it is that you can eat them directly from the freezer or defrost them, put them on the counter, let them thaw for about 15 minutes. They're really not fully frozen, which is what I love. And they're delicious. Any which way you choose to eat them, they're delicious. And they're made with fresh strawberries. They're hyper-chilled, freeze-dried, and then they're covered in sustainable chocolate. So, so good. Mm, I'm drooling. Yeah. No, you had me at chocolate-covered right? strawberries before I even knew the details. So good. <laughs> yes, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, I didn't even realize I did that because mm, I'm so, they're so good. Then there's, <laughs> <laughs> they're just so good. Also, we talked a little bit about game day staples, and one of them is pizza. Mm-hmm. But... You can buy, so you can order yourself a pizza or buy the pre-made pizza dough at your local grocer. So every bakery should have it. It's in their bakery section. It's in the fridge in the bakery section. So you lightly, when you bring it home, lightly oil a bowl, add that chilled dough to it. So take it out of the bag, flip it into the bowl, roll it around a little bit because you want to coat that dough with some oil and then cover it. Let that come to room temperature. You want it to rise a little bit and get that chill off of it. If when you go to stretch it out, the dough bounces back and it bites you. Don't fuss with it. Leave it, put it back in the bowl, cover it, let it rise and let it warm up a little longer. Mm. If your house is cold, cover it with some kitchen towels. Keep it warm. I usually put a little oh. blanket over mine. It's just so cute. It's cozy. Or pop it into the microwave. Don't turn it on. Just keep it in there and it'll keep that warmth in there. Right. If pizza's not your thing and you want to kind of change it up a little bit, make a stromboli. So this is cheese oh, yeah. pizza rolls, right? Yeah. They're so good. It's basically um, rolled pizza, but I don't want you to mistake it with a calzone because calzone is more of a pocket. This is a roll. Yeah. So what you do, you stretch out your dough into a square, into a rectangle, spread the, you know, whatever sauce you want, top it with whatever meats you want, cheese, roll it up. Don't overdo it because you don't want it to get too messy, but roll it up. So you got this nice log, cut some slats on the top of it, bake it. And then when it's done, cut it into pinwheels and serve. 
Are you noticing? Like, it's so super simple, totally doable. And the fact that everything is with your hands, I love it. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's such a good point. Right. And plus, it, it is pizza, what, what, right? It's just different. Yeah. Exactly. And what's your favorite thing to put in it, Mary? Because you don't, you can, I mean, I've had them with ham in them and stuff like that when mm -hmm. people get fancy. Yeah. My favorite is exactly like this, is the pizza roll. Um, because it reminds me of when I was a kid and I used to get the pizza subs. Oh, yeah. They were, they were nothing like what a really good pizza tastes mm -hmm. like. But still, every now and then, you no. kind of, it takes you Private. back to that. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so that that's what it reminds me of. And I do like the pizza toppings on it. Even doing like a little cooked bacon or maybe some ground beef and roll that up. Mm, so good. Lots of mmms today. Yeah. <laughs> All very worthy. <laughs> what else? <laughs> order something. So order, change it up a little bit and get empanadas. And what these are, they're mini beef or chicken filled hand pies. Oh, so good. they're full of flavor, right? They've got delicious golden flaky crust and Again, no utensils needed. Noticing a little theme I got going on. Yep. I, I just, yeah. Anything that I can get rid of that utensil, I love it. It's less on the floor, more in my mouth. <laughs> oh, somebody might be finding a lot of this on the floor because uh, they're really not into it. But I am. What's the next one? <laughs> Instant pot chili. Chili. Smoke chili. Kelly, I, I know. love how she hurries to it. I just love how, yeah, yeah, that's nice on the empanada. Let's move on to empanadas the Empanadas are amazing, <laughs> but the star. It doesn't matter. Chili. I'm a picture anyway. I can't even open my mouth for it. <laughs> <laughs> even when I was putting this together, I'm thinking, chili, Kelly. Yes. Um, yes. Oh, gosh. Stuff. Oh, anyway. So, anyway, let's make it appealing. Okay, so chili. <laughs> yes, it's this great beef chili whatever you decide, even if it's a veggie chili, lentil, however you choose to make it, do you, but amp it up a little bit, add a little bit of extra flavor. I like using fire roasted tomatoes. Mm. It gives that a little smokiness to it, that little hint of smokiness, and then even unsweetened cocoa powder. And the reason why I say that is because just a little goes a long way, maybe a teaspoon or two, depending how big your pot is. And it brings out it just that depth and the flavor of the chili. So that would be a beautiful addition to it. Yep. And another thing, you can make this up to three days in advance. And that helps. I'm not hating that because it's already made. It sits there and melts in those flavors. And when you're ready to eat, it's already done. Dude, leftover chili is so good. Like the next so day, good. chili actually does taste better. It's a fact. Absolutely. Yep. Ham and cheese sliders. Really simple. Get the sliders. I don't want you to open them up individually. Just get open them up like one big slice of bread is what I'm saying. So then you just fill everything, put your ham, your cheese, maybe some honey or Dijon mustard, pickled jalapenos, pepperoncini, those pickled pepperoncinis for an extra kick. If you haven't tried them, try it. And then serve it with a side of fresh cut veggies. Maybe do it up, chips and dip. Mm -hmm. If you're going to buy a dip, mm -hmm. all of a good dips, one of my faves. Oh, so good. Uh, and speaking then air of fryer. dip, can yeah. you skip oh. over the air fryer super quick and just get to the dips? Because I'm very curious about these. Absolutely. I mean, okay. air fryer, if you got it, use it. Use it. Do your fries, do your chicken wings, just use it. Yeah. It's so good. Um, yes, dips. Right? What's wings, what's fries without a dip? I've got a few of them. So the first one I want to talk about is a honey mustard dip. All you're going to need are quarter cup of honey, quarter cup of mayo, quarter cup of Dijon mustard, one tablespoon of white vinegar, quarter teaspoon cayenne pepper. Mix that up, dip. You're going to love it. Yep. There's a maple ketchup that you can do, chipotle mayo, um, sriracha mayo, spicy aioli, 
all of this is just absolutely delicious. Let's do one more. Let's do a little honey mustard. Quarter cup of honey, quarter cup of mayo, quarter cup of Dijon mustard, one tablespoon white vinegar, quarter teaspoon cayenne pepper. Mix it up, dip, dip. Yum. Double All right. dip. Mary, beautiful stuff, of course. And you left off wings, which I would have loved to know about, but you'll have all this up over at kitchenconfession.com. We'll check out recipes and, and see. Notice I said that to help you out. Mary, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy your game. Also, look for the kitchen. Thanks. And also, folks, look for the Kitchen Confession podcast. Enjoy your Rihanna show. We're going to take a break and come back with Leslie Depot, our registered nurse, to talk about alcohol consumption. This is Kelly and Ramia. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Back with Kelly and Ramya here on AMI, and I'm Ramya Amazon, and here is Kelly McDonald, the brand new Kelly McDonald. Now we still have his uh, still face. Is that what we're calling it? You know the the graphic of him but your voice kelly can we hear it uh yeah it, it sounds a little bit better uh kind of this better. it kind of brings me back folks as i sit here in the same format uh when we did kelly and company uh, it, it's throwback. just totally old microphone wonderful microphone uh and i'm sitting here at my desk and we've got up a picture because uh, we're having some technical issues at the studio here in London that will get sorted out probably later or tomorrow. So should be back in business uh, on the TV I, as normal, right? Yes. What is normal? I miss our audio setups like all the time. I miss it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think it's because we're audio people. So we cry yes. this river all the time. Oh, and, oh. And, and that, you'll hear it all about to, it on <laughs> Double Tap oh, with Stephen oh. Scott later. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And that's the thing, because we are such radio people. Yes. Anytime you say, well, we're going to take that microphone away from you and give you this one. Oh, mm -hmm. what? Where's the, the mic? The labs yeah. just don't do it. Not really. Uh, but, you know, I, I host AMI Audiobook Review, which is the weekly podcast. And on there, I get to use my audio setup. And it feels so nostalgic. Because yeah. when we do the vanity cards, too, right? Right. Yeah. 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 We still do a fair bit of audio. Uh, they can't take everything away. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a moment, we're going to get a message saying, well, we just took we your just show away. That's did. enough of that talk yeah, on there. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. But uh, I think that it, it'll it'll be that way for a long time. You know, the audio feeling um, yeah. as, a, as a low vision person is just something incredibly close to home. I, I think it's a radio person. Yeah? It really is. So? This is what we went through. Anyone, I mean, Paula Deneen, Matt Agnew, they can attest to it of people who have taken production elsewhere. It's that sound that drives you forward. You love the radio and audio. You know, they used to make fun of all the announcers. Well, of course, they come on with the big voice. Right. But TV people were generally the news people, actors. It's a different, so different sound that people look for. Um, I think in the olden days when they transitioned from old radio, especially doing the soap operas, mm. you'd have so many deep voices and, and voices that were very rich in texture, and but, but lower range register mm -hmm. because they worked better with the audio then. But we've been looking at this for a whole year, getting ourselves psyched that it, it won't quite sound the same. Yeah, exactly. And we're still crying about it. So let's move on before we get fired to Leslie Depot. She's our registered nurse. I'm Leslie 
DePoe registered nurse, and there's nothing I love more than helping folks learn about their own health so they can be a better advocate for themselves and those around them. Join me for your health check-in where we chat all things health and wellness, and even a little bit of science from time to time. Leslie, very curious getting into this conversation because we've been talking about the trend uh, as of late. So we're discussing alcohol, the good, the bad, and the sober. You've got it. And listen, you might be freshly off of a dry January or maybe you just launched a weekends only February. No judgment here. Uh, seems to be like everybody we know is talking about alcohol consumption in one form or another. And with the Canadian Centre on Substance Use and Addiction having just released a new set of guide guidelines earlier this year, lots of folks are rethinking what and how much they consume and what that means for their overall health, both today and in the future. Okay, so let's get into it. I mean, we usually start with a definition, but let's just go out on a limb and say that people know what alcohol and alcohol content <laughs> is. So let's start with uh, guidelines and where they come from and what they were before the new ones were announced. Yeah, for sure. So the guidelines come from the CCSA, which is the Canadian Centre on Substance Use and Addiction. It's a, it's a non-governmental organization, but it sort of helps provide us with some national guidance on substance use and it advises and addresses solutions to alcohol and other drug-related harms. So they primarily focus on evidence-informed approaches and uh, and they give us some, some guidance really about how we can be both responsible with our consumption and it focuses on making sure that these guidelines are accessible and inclusive as well. So, I mean, today we're talking specifically about alcohol, but they give guidelines on, you know, opioids, on um, prescription medications, gambling, um, the whole gamut, really. So the old guidelines were very specific and they seem to be quite gender specific. So um, and they were liberal. I'm just going to say that word as well. So women, for example, were told no more than two standard drinks a day. We'll get into what that means or 10 drinks a week. It's a lot of drinks that if you is. think about that, Good right? Um, and then we were allowed to have three standard drinks on a special occasion. I don't know what that means, but that was thrown in the guidelines <laughs> as well. Okay. Um, and then for men, it was a bit more lax. Three drinks a day, 15 a week. Um, and then the recommendation, if you were pregnant, uh, you know, avoid alcohol. But youth with parental consent were allowed to have one to two drinks at a time. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty liberal guidance, to say the least. And I think people who enjoy to drink recreationally... Um, you know, thought that that met their needs pretty nicely. Mm. Uh, and for the for point of reference, a unit of alcohol, I just want to clarify this because if you go out for like an all you can ladies night, you know, when uh, wine Wednesdays, you'll see their, their portions are a little bit liberal as well. So really when we talk about a unit of wine, we're talking about five ounces of a glass of wine, 12% wine. When we're talking about beer, we're talking about 5% alcohol beer, presumably a 12 ounce glass. And if we're talking about spirits, um, 40% and a standard one and a half ounce glass. Now, that all seems pretty well and good, but go check the menu next time you go for oh, one of these yeah. wine nights. One like was a nine ounce, five four, ounce. Right? And it's like a glug, 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 glug. So all that to be saying, your one glass that you thought you were having was very likely two or three to begin with. But what did we care? We had all this le uh, this uh, this leeway to play with. But uh, that is not what we have with these new guidelines. <laughs> no, no, it's interesting. It's What a reality check, if you want to say, with these. So, okay, now we've got a good handle on what we're talking about. What has changed? Okay, so one of the big changes that took place with these new guidelines is it's providing now what they're referring to as a continuum or a scale of risk that's associated with these various levels of alcohol use. And the intention behind this is something I really like and something I think we do a lot on this segment together, which is providing people with appropriate information so that they can make decisions for their own health and sort of guide their own 
risk tolerance, okay? And it divides um, certain health and safety risks associated with drinking as negligible to low for people who have two standard drinks or less per week. It's a moderate risk if you have three to six per week, and then increasingly high for those who consume six drinks or more. So in other words, to minimize the risk associated with drinking, the recommendation is now to consume no more than two alcoholic drinks per week, which as you can see is a massive shift uh-huh. from the previous recommendation of like 10 to 15 drinks per week. The other really big thing too that this this recommendation outlined is the fact that, um, you know, and something that a lot of people are going to be very unhappy to hear. And in fairness, some research was backing this for quite some time, which was that drinking a small amount of alcohol could improve things like sleep, um, lower your blood pressure. I even saw a study not long ago that there was some link between it, um, lowering your risk of certain types of dementia. Essentially, this new guideline is saying, no, we are not supporting that at all. And instead, it's saying, like again, this three to six drinks per week can in fact increase risk of certain health factors, things like cancers. Um, And if you have more than that, then now we're looking at increased risk of heart disease, of stroke, and the danger is increasing with every drink you have, but also with every percentage you have. So again, go back to that 5% 12-ounce beer that is not what is in a pint, just FYI, um, and uh, or your 5-ounce five, your five um, glass of wine, which as we know is usually far more than 5 ounces. Uh-huh. It sounds like... Uh, compared to the old guidelines, this one is an all or nothing piece of advice. Is that feeling realistic to us? I mean, I'm not a huge fan of all or nothing um, for a couple of reasons, not because I'm trying to advocate for alcohol consumption by any means, but because I think when you create this really stark dichotomy for people and you tell them you either lie on the good or you lie on the bad, you're creating this really unrealistic expectation. And quite honestly, you're very apt to quote fall off the wagon and i want to really differentiate between two groups of individuals there's those for whom drinks are something that is kind of part of their social life um they do not have a substance abuse issue they do not have a chemical dependency okay there's sort of two subsections of the population here so i'm referring to the ones that fall into that category okay um so it's a really common question like so what am i supposed to do i'm just not supposed to drink at all Well, you can make that argument because essentially what this recommendation is telling you is that there is no safe amount of alcohol to drink. They cannot sign off on anything like 10 drinks a week or less and don't worry, nothing bad will happen. Mm. Nobody is saying that anymore. In fact, they're not guaranteeing guaranteeing that at all, if they ever did. Um, So I think, you know, at least what this is doing is bringing more attention to it, um, hopefully trying to promote a bit more moderation. Um, The other thing I want to bring into the conversation just briefly is this other group of people for whom alcohol is a dependency. There is an addiction problem and there is a chemical dependency as well for whom quitting cold turkey is not recommended. Um, Quitting drinking at all if you're somebody who has chemical dependency on any substance for that matter, whether it be alcohol, opioids, prescription medication is not something you should do without seeking the guidance of a medical professional. There's some really serious physiological implications um, of of taking away a substance that you have become dependent on, and they can be, be, um, you can experience life-threatening side effects from something like that. So I just want to really make that distinction. There are individuals for whom medical guidance is going to be recommended if you're looking at pairing back or eliminating the substance. And then there's folks for whom, yeah, you know what, you're right, I wasn't paying attention to the fact that it was in fact a 12 ounce glass of wine I was having every Wednesday. But now that you've pointed this out, I'm going to be more mindful and I'm going to try and keep that to 
let's say five ounces, for example. Yeah, mm. right. Exactly. Well, and I remember at the beginning of the pandemic when beer and alcohol, uh, you know, outlets were still open and so many people saying, why are we putting those people in? Why do they have to be open until somebody said, well, you, you can't expect people just to, to quit yeah. or go off their alcohol. So where do we begin? What do we start with then? So I feel like it really depends which group you fall into. I mean, right. really, if you have concerns for your alcohol dependency, or like I said, any drug dependency, this is a place you start with a healthcare professional. Like I said, there's some really large implications of adjusting your intake of these substances. It is not benign. Alcohol is not benign. Um, so if you feel like you're falling into that category, somebody for whom this has kind of gotten out of hand, whether intentionally or otherwise, I think the place you start is by having an open and honest conversation, maybe with the people around you, um, and then escalating from there. Healthcare providers, nurses, family physicians, support groups as well. Um, I've included a link for the blog this week um, to, to some really great online resources to reach out. There's some really fabulous helplines out there where you can have an anonymous conversation to get started, maybe help have almost a triaging conversation. Do I have a problem? I don't know if I have a problem. Um, and if you're somebody for whom, you know, this has always been sort of a social thing, um, and you make a great point, Kelly, I think that the pandemic sort of I don't know, put us all on, on a different path or right. perhaps, perhaps kind of just readjusted what we did. All of a sudden, what was the difference between a Tuesday and a Friday? We're all at home anyway, and we mm. can't go out regardless. You know, um, a lot of the times it's just a matter of bringing more awareness to that and saying, you know what, geez, I, I went to take the empties back and boy, it used to take almost two months to fill out that bucket. And now mm. I seem to be going uh -huh. every two weeks to go back to dump that yeah. stuff off. And I think that alone, just bringing your mind to it, you know, it's like anything. It's like creating movement in your life. It's like, you know, adding a green vegetable to your plate once in a while. That's I'm right. a really big advocate of adding in a healthy behavior as opposed to trying to absolutely eliminate any negative one. I don't think it's really realistic, number one. And I think that then people set this unfair expectation where all of a sudden, if you didn't do it 100% perfect this day, well, then forget it. I'm not going to do it at all. And uh, and there's a lot of merit in the gray area. So bringing your, your attention to that a little bit further is a great place to start, starting to have those conversations. And then starting to introduce some more healthy healthy behaviors is certainly a great place to begin. This is brilliant information, Leslie, uh, you know, starting with exactly what a unit of alcohol is and going through <laughs> all of that. If, if we take anything away at the end of this segment, it will be that, right? Because it's, uh, it's true. And then, you know, the stark difference between the two guidelines and um, also where we, can, where we can bring that into our own lives. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, as always. We won't complain as much about the price of alcohol. If we, oh, it's yeah, really not bad down. if we look at it this way, right? Yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> I am getting something for my money. Leslie <laughs> joins us uh, every month, and next time we're going to be talking about poison. Poison Prevention Week is every year in March, so in honor of that, we're talking about how to keep us and our families safe from common household exposures and medication. Uh, popped into my head that, you know, we were considering our pets around that as well and how things can go really downhill for exposure. Taking a break, and after that, we have the roundtable with Kelly McDonald facilitating and our guest, NBA TV Canada's NBA TV Canada's Randy Irvin. We'll be back with that on Kelly and Romeo. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute.
You're tuned into Kelly and Ramia on AMI. Thanks for joining us. We're here with you until 4 p.m. Eastern time, and I'll give you some places where you can go after that. 10 p.m. Eastern is our repeat of the show on AMI-tv. And, of course, if you missed any of the actual airings, you can go to our podcast by searching for Kelly and Ramia on your favorite podcast platform. So that is that. And, of course, on AMI-audio, we repeat every eight hours on the network. I'm Ramia Amazon here with... With Kelly McDonald in London, Ontario. Today you have my voice, ladies and gentlemen. A picture up there for those of you who can see. Wait, wait, wait! Don't, don't blink because it's going to move. The picture's going to move. I'm going to flicker an eye. <laughs> what a, what a terrible trick to play oh, on geez. the sighted people. My good heavens, ladies and gentlemen, it's time we do it every week on the program. We welcome a guest in, but we call this the roundtable. Isn't it convenient that we have a roundtable? Well, it's actually oval. Just say it. The blind guy feels it now, goes, well, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. Generally, I pick a handful of items to talk about, and I never know where where I'm going to go. Today, a little more uh, transparent because it is NBA trade deadline day. The deadline came and went, and we're going to talk a little bit about it in a couple moments. We welcome Randy Urban in from NBA TV. Nice to have you with us, Randy. Thank you so much for making time on probably the busiest day of the year for you. Well, it's pretty wild for sure. I just want to say, though, off the top that you said just my voice. Kelly, that voice, if I had that <laughs> voice, you don't know where I would be. Okay? <laughs> All right. Well, I made something of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of running around with all these basketball players and talking yeah. to these hosts and stuff, I know. I could have been on uh, American Idol. I <laughs> no, we didn't get into the Kelly could have been on American Idol. What happened? That's what yeah. he's saying. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, Randy. But uh, really, seriously, thank you so much for being with us. I'm going to let Rumya pick up the ball, though, because she's. we were talking earlier. Interesting question. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about where you go after 3 p.m., right after the deadline um, for the trades, NBA trades, and wondering how you prep for that because it's unscripted. Uh, you're joining us pretty much right after. So how do you get prepared when so much can happen but you have no idea what could. Yeah, and in this case for the Raptors, you know, not a lot happened comparatively to what a lot of people in the media and a lot of fans and a lot of people just generally around basketball thought were going to happen. You know, everybody thought that the Raptors were going to be these these big time sellers at the deadline and it just really wasn't the case. Um so you, but I think if you're a Raptors fan and you work in this industry, you kind of realize that that there's always a lot of talk around mm. this time, and most of it doesn't pan out the way you think it was or the way people say it was going to. So I always come into these days with a little bit of trepidation. I'm always excited because the possibility of something happening is interesting to me, um, but also. You know, I, I subscribe to the 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 school of thought that the Raptors front office subscribes to is they, they just don't do things for the sake of doing things. And I think a lot of teams do that. And, you know, so so you kind of you kind of approach the day with some, some excitement as a basketball fan, because the NBA, I think this is probably one of the, the best days of the year for, for fans, maybe not for the players. And so you have a little fun with it. But ultimately, mm. you just kind of just do your job the same way is part of the fun knowing what people are anticipating, you know, knowing what the chatter is and where people think uh, players are going to go or what's going to happen with the Raptors or I guess other teams as well. Uh, and, and 
jumping off that point for your conversation? Yeah, and the other thing that's really fun is that a lot of people have an opinion and everybody sure. has an opinion. <laughs> and so a lot of things that people speculate just does not happen. And and it's funny, I always find it humorous to see, you know, the speculation and the things that are being said because all those people that are saying them on Twitter, on Reddit, online, wherever it is, they have no insights into <laughs> into the sort of the inner workings, the conversations that are happening behind the scenes with the actual players involved and the management involved. So everything is speculation. But of course, when we read it, we want to believe it. We want to think that there's some validity to it. So ultimately, that just starts conjuring up all these yes. other scenarios in our heads. And then we get more excited or more worked up or more upset. And and it's just funny because everybody's really just acting on impulse and not really on reality. Do you uh, ever call people out from Twitter or Instagram or wherever when you're commentating later and know what's happened? I love my fans, so no. <laughs> but you're tempted. I don't have any. Yep. I don't have that many fans, but the, no. The, so the ones that do interact, I'm always so gracious. But you know, I I want to. I'm. It's so funny you ask that because I want to call people out. I want to kind of chirp back at times when someone says this, this, or that. Um, wh whether it's about you know the front office or just generally my work and the shows that I'm a part of, and. The best way I think to always respond to something like that is just to kill them with kindness. So that's yeah. what I do. I always just say, so I always just, like, you. There's, yeah, I do a show. I do a show called the Raptors tonight. It's a post game show for the Raptors. And we have the, the commentators on and we just talk about the game and we're sitting around, we're eating and we're having some coffee and, and just hanging out. It's kind of this vibe and people always say, Oh, the food's distracting. I hate it. And you know, a lot of people love the, the atmosphere because it's so different than, than what you get. But there's a few people that will comment to say, oh, this is so distracting, people eating. I'm like, oh, thanks for watching. I just I appreciate exactly. your support. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and as I wipe my chin, that was really good. And, and, yeah, and that yeah, being right? said, too, so, you, you, you and Jack Armstrong are welcome to come back here for another roundtable and sit here and eat. So that, that'd mm -hmm. be great. <laughs> well, you know what? I appreciate that. I, you know what, Kelly? The, the amount of wings I've been having lately, though, I, I, it just brings some salads and I'm good. <laughs> Oh, really? well, hold on. That, we that's haven't been not having enough wings, so yeah. I was gonna okay. say we we Ramya wants to know what is your are you hot or dry? Wet? What's the choice of wings? I, I like honey garlic. I like barbecue. I like I like honey garlic and barbecue mixed. I like hot <laughs> mixed with honey garlic. I like hot mixed with barbecue. Like all I like wings. a dry wing. Basically, any kind of piece of uh, bone with meat on it, I'll eat it. Like okay. I just I just like chicken wings. Yeah, just not so big on the honey garlic, eh? <laughs> okay. All right. Saving for me. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, no. Randy barely likes those honey garlic ones. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's okay. a few choices there. All right, Randy. Let's jump into what we did see over the last day or so going on because moves started to happen early. Yeah. Phoenix Suns uh, got, of course, Kevin Durant uh, from the Brooklyn Nets. And then the Suns add him to that big lineup with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, uh, just and and of course uh, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, of course, says that right now this is uh, quite a championship window let's take a listen to what he says here it was developed in part by calgary cardiologist dr derek exner who calls last year's health canada nope. approval Sorry, a game changer our, uh, phoenix you know there. just a, a chance now to really make a run at a title especially with chris paul certainly at a point in his career where um you don't not you don't know how much time you have left of him playing at perhaps championship level basketball. Yeah. Now he's 34 years old. 
last summer they started the talk that he was linked, just like we kept wanting to make him link to our Raptors, Randy. Uh, before I get you to start running down some of the trades that really popped for you over this last day, any comments particularly on this one first for a moment? Well, I think if you're in the Western Conference, you need to be afraid of the Phoenix Suns because they just added the most highly coveted player in the NBA, in my mind. And there are people that I speak to that that know the game more than I do. They think Kevin Durant is perhaps the, the greatest scorer of all time in terms of his ability to get this to the to to the rim uh this the shot creation obviously lebron james has the most points of all time michael jordan has one of the highest scoring averages of all time but but kevin durant's ability to score is really uh unique in the history of the nba just because of his size and how he moves at that size so having said that you just added i think he's a top three player in the NBA right now. We saw what Brooklyn was doing when he was healthy. They were on the move. They were heading up that Eastern conference standings. Basically it seemed like they weren't going to stop until they were number one. And then he got hurt. And then you saw Brooklyn falter. They lost a bunch of games. So, so it became clear to people. I think that were watching that Kevin Durant is the true MVP or was the true MVP of that team. Even though Kyrie Irving was also on that team. So when Kyrie Irving gets moved, everybody wants to know what happens to Kevin Durant. They still had, which was interesting to me, they still had a good enough team that I thought they could have contended for a championship. They brought in uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. They brought in Spencer Dinwiddie. I think you pair that with Kevin Durant. Anytime you got Kevin Durant, you can win a championship. So, but he apparently wanted out. Um, I think, I think Brooklyn was pretty much you know done with that set with that part of the of their chapter and so they agreed to trade him and and this this puts utah or this puts phoenix i would say the number one contender in the western conference and i like the denver nuggets i think denver nuggets will give them the biggest chance uh the biggest run for their money um but the, the the most amazing thing about all this is phoenix doesn't trade chris paul who they were rumored to trade and they don't trade DeAndre Ayton, who they are also rumored to trade. So they keep their big. Yes, they get rid of Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, which are two great players. But that's a pretty dynamic group of four players you have that are going to line up for you every night with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Kevin Durant. You will not yeah. – you'll, you'll be able to stop guys because Kevin Durant can defend, DeAndre Ayton can defend. And you'll be able to get a bucket pretty much every time down the floor – so oh, I think they're the, they're the number one contender in the Western Conference. I know the Denver Nuggets have the best record and they're playing the best right now. Um, so I would say those two, t- those two teams are the top contenders in the Western Conference. Randy, any other trades today or yesterday you want to highlight before we move on to the Raptors? Yeah, well, I think the Lakers got better. And it's, you know, it's been hard to say that for the last little while. Um, they get rid of Russell Westbrook. He had that big blow up with coach the day before um, just not happy about his playing time in the fourth quarter on the game that LeBron broke the scoring record Um, and then they trade him the next day and they bring in D'Angelo Russell who's basically a 20 points per game player they bring in Malik Beasley who can get you 20 points on any given night and they get Jared Vanderbilt from Utah and I've really liked the play of Vanderbilt this year he can hit threes and he rebounds the basketball and he's a great defender so having said that I'm like, how did the Lakers pull this off? 
they got rid of the contract of $47 million of Russell Westbrook and the inconsistent play of Russell Westbrook. And they brought in three super serviceable players. Okay. They ship out Thomas Bryant um, to Denver, which helps Denver. I, I think that puts Denver even further up. Um, but it gives more playing time now for Vanderbilt coming in. It gives more playing time for Anthony Davis to play with Vanderbilt. Um, and then they bring in Mo Bamba and they ship out Patrick Beverly, which is hilarious to me because Patrick Beverly mm -hmm. thinks Patrick Beverly is the greatest player of all time. <laughs> and yet he keeps getting traded every, every break or every yep. uh, trade deadline. So uh, the Lakers got better. I, I, I don't, if, as I know, I mentioned Denver and I know I mentioned Phoenix as the front runners, but I'm sure certain none of those teams also want to play the Lakers in say the first round or the second no. round, because you no. have LeBron James, you saw what they can do with Anthony Davis as well there. And now you've added three other guys that can, that can produce for you. Not to yeah. mention Rui Hachimura, who they got, you know, 10 days ago or so. So yeah. the Lakers got better. The Celtics made a small move that I think makes them much better. And they're the best team in the NBA right now, uh, outside of those, you know, in the Eastern conference. Um, and, you could argue that they're just because of the cohesion and the play of their season, they might even be better than, than Phoenix and Denver. Uh, but they got Mike Muscala from the Thunder who's shooting 39% from three. So he gives them a great, ba a great backup center um, behind Al Horford and Robert Williams, the third. So the Celtics got better. Milwaukee gets Jay Crowder. They get better. Those are just like two sort of on the edges type moves that I think yeah. put two really good teams maybe over the edge. Yeah. All right. You want to touch on the Raptors? We, we, we've got a few more moments. Do you want to touch on the Raptors? Yeah. Even though not much happened. For sure. But before, yeah, for sure. Before I say that, I also don't want, I don't know what Charlotte's doing and I don't know what Portland's doing just in yeah. general. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That's just, those, those are my thoughts on those two teams. Not even question um, marks. It's just whirling heads spinning, right? Yeah. Just, yeah, just what's, I just pick a side and go with it. You know, I'm not sure what side they're picking, but the Raptors, yeah, they, they got Jakob Pertl back, which uh, he was part of that bench mob when, when Pascal Siakam and him were both coming up and they were great friends. And so when they got him last night, it just made me believe that, all right, they're all in with Siakam because there were rumors that Siakam potentially was going to be on the move. Uh, a lot of teams interested in him and what does Siakam do last night? 37, 10, and 7. So how do you trade a guy like that? You can't trade yeah. a guy that's averaging 25 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. You know, there's only three other players in the NBA averaging those numbers, and they're LeBron James, Luka Doncic, and Nikola Jokic. So those three guys and Pascal Siakam have those numbers. So I'm thinking to myself, if I'm the Raptors, why am I giving up that? Well, I got to build around that. And that's exactly what they're going to do. And they bring in a center who can protect the rim, who can set screens, who can make the pass. He can finish a little bit. Uh, Jakob Pertl is a, is a, is a great um, addition to this team. And, and, it, and it, it fills a need. It fills a need at center, uh, fills, a, fills a need um, with a little bit of strength, a little bit of rebounding down low. So, you know, everybody thought the Raptors season was, you know, on the downhill and it hasn't gone the way it was supposed to for sure. But when you look at this team, they're four games below 500. They have three more games before the all-star break, all winnable games. They could go into the all-star break one game under 500 and then coming out of the break, the rest of February, they have very winnable games, another three or four right in a row. So 
you look at this team, you're like, okay, well, we're four and a half games out of sixth. We've got about seven games in a row that we could literally rattle off seven straight wins. Where does that put off after those wins? Well, maybe that puts us right at the heels of not even in the play-in, but in those top six. So then you look at it, you're like, okay, well, why would I give up all these great players if I don't know what I'm going to get back in terms of personality? Because you know who you have with the Raptors personality. You drafted them. Yep. You you basically raised them. Um, so you, I, I think you, I, I think you kind of see what happens. You yep. see what happens, especially if you don't get the kind of return that you were thinking you were going to get. And so yeah. I, I'm, I know maybe some Raptor fans weren't, were expecting some things to happen, but I, I'm happy with with running it back and seeing what you have, and then making yeah. some decisions in the summertime. And that's the problem, Randy. You get so many people that will think we should do more, but yet we're happy with what we see. You're taking too much chance. And, of course, with Brooklyn making the moves, it kind of headed off a lot. Pal, we're out of time. Uh, We will have you back. Thanks a lot for bringing us in on a really busy Mm -hmm. day and making some time for us as usual. Uh, Randy Irvin from NBA. You guys are great. we got to treat him to wings soon, I know. Thanks, Randy. Thanks. See you guys next time. Honey garlic. And that's the round table, by the way. You can check it out every Thursday, facilitated facilitated by Kelly McDonald. After the break, we're going to come back, tell you what's happening on the Friday edition of Now with Dave Brown and Kelly and Romia. That is this show. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Romia after this short break. my audio podcasts and shows to shout out here you can catch the pulse well you could have caught it at 1 30 p.m today that's on thursdays or 10 30 a.m pacific and this week great conversation with joita gupta the host of the show and alexa and jacqueline child they're co-founders of dateability this is a dating app exclusively designed for people with disabilities and they get into the ins and outs of uh, why this was created and uh you know the inch ins the intent behind it. That's The Pulse on AMI-audio, and you can also catch it on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube as a video podcast. But if you do listen to it, it is available on Thursdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio. Now, Kelly, can we run down the show here real quick and talk about some of the highlights of the program? I'll let you go first. Yeah, I had segments here that I really enjoyed. I've been waiting for Leslie to get into the conversation of the alcohol because I know myself before the pandemic, I had an occasion with a doctor and, and, and they asked me, are you you know, a casual drinker? And I said, what's that? Well, 14 drinks a week. Oof. I said, what? That's an alcoholic, right? And, and you know, I didn't mean to be flippant mm. uh, about it, but that took me really bad. Well, now with the adjustment um, that Leslie was talking about that have been made, and we've spoke about it on the program, and you think about this guidance, this new guidance coming out, and, and she gets into a little detail with it on the segment, folks, really something to go back and listen to. But um, I, I was all I kept thinking is, how many people through the pandemic are now struggling yes. when it comes to addiction um, because of that time? And she briefly touched on it. You know, Tuesday is the same as a Saturday. So interesting timing on all this. And yeah, you get worried about when anything is basically saying quit, don't do it, because that's just going to tempt people, you know, to, to say, well, don't you tell me there's unfortunately that that mentality we have. 
And you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important to think about and consider and notice the gray areas with all of these conversations. So she did a really wonderful job pointing that out, you know, the balance of the consideration of this versus that. Um, and also earlier on in the show, Michael Fair reviewed the uh, audible adaptation of Arabian Nights. Um, I thought it was a very thorough review. Now, he particularly did not enjoy the second volume, but he did throw back to the first volume, which he really Really enjoyed so just check out the review because as I said very thorough now let's find out what's coming up on tomorrow's edition of now with Dave Brown that's Friday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI TV Paul Daniel is one of the producers and he's here to give us a preview hello Hello, Ramya. On tomorrow's show, we'll have the Friday news panel with uh, journalists Michelle McGuig, Judith Gupta from the Pulse, and Dave Brown discussing some of the big issues of the week. Um, entertainment critic Michael McNeely will review the documentary Black Ice, and Karen McKay from the Center for Equitable Library Access will give us her featured selections from the list of nominations of nominated titles, excuse me, from the Forest of Reading Evergreen Award. That's right. The shortlist was announced like two weeks ago or something. So uh, that'll be a good one to get into. You know, it's still very early in the year and people are making reading goals, listening goals, finding out how they're going to keep track of all the books they're going to read throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Do you have some way to keep track, Paul? Yeah. Well, I write it all down. Yeah. I write it all down. Yes. A traditional pen and paper, huh? That, that and also online. Exactly. Okay. A bit of both. But it feels like the right time of the year to do it, doesn't it? Yeah. Just like Oscars and everything. You do all this sure. over the winter, you're getting into the spring, to line yourself up, or just to have those things to cuddle up with in a cold night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Indeed. Awesome, Paul. Thank you so much for the preview. Take care. Friday morning, now with Dave Brown. Check him out, 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-TV. Dave Brown has a slew of guests joining him on the show. And we have a slew of guests joining us on the show tomorrow as well, Kels. It's going to be really, really fun as we talk to Gardener Susan Kearney. And she's featuring the living plant wall. Okay, this is an amazing piece of technology and nature. We're going to talk about it. It's at Guelph Humber here in Toronto. And there's a lot to discuss on it. You know, we also have the chatty bookshelves. <laughs> Since we were just talking books, why not bring that up, folks? As we talk all things audiobooks with Brian Huey, he highlights how people are using audiobooks and to uh, actually utilize them to practice new languages. Makes sense to me, Rob. Oh, yeah, it makes tons of sense. And I think that, you know, there's going to be details, of course, on that. But how do we practice now? Do we go to Duolingo? How do we learn new languages? Can well, we even take even that Even smart in? speakers, how do you do it, right? Yeah. You, because is the pronunciation going to be right? Yes. Um, there's people working at that, and, and it will be better as we get taught looking for that voice, that synthetic voice. Mm -hmm. My question is, how short does this audiobook have to be for me to learn uh, and not put it away thinking, I can't, I can't understand? Yeah, you know? it's got to be the right way, right? So yeah. you don't get frustrated. Awesome, Kels. We'll chat with you tomorrow. You bet. I'll try to bring a picture. Yeah. Uh, other will. than this one. <laughs> Kel McDonald, Ramia Amadid, thanks for joining us on Kelly and Ramia. We appreciate your precious time, and we'll hang out with you again tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Kelly and Ramia. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.